Welcome to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. Join Ryan as he speaks with top business leaders and influencers and hear how they've mastered the art of authenticity to achieve all that they dreamed of. As you hear from these leaders, seek not only to be inspired by their authenticity, but to strive for and master your own. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is part two of a two-part episode that I recorded with a good friend, Cody Fairfield, on politics, religion, and other off-limits topics. If you haven't listened to episode 102 yet, which is the episode right before this one, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that as that sets up a lot of what is going to be shared in today's episode. We're going to be talking about racism. We're going to be talking about the application of our views and biases towards that idea, uh, other things around politics and religion. We're getting right into this episode opens right up with some specific issues around uh, police incidents, including including brutality and the such. And again, I don't want you to get this completely out of context. If you do happen to be listening, whether uh, you're not going to go back and listen to episode 102 or you did, uh, as I reminded you at the beginning of that one, this is all about grace. This is all about seeking to understand each other. This is me and inviting my friend Cody in to share our hearts in this area. If you are challenged by something that we've said, uh, if you're offended by something that we've said, please reach out to me. Again, we are trying to grow. We are trying to do better. And I believe that by creating public forums and opportunities to discuss these things in civil manners, not only will we grow in our relationships with one another, but we will be far better examples of what we are really after, which is a large group of people in this sense, our nation coming together, unified over a desire desire to do what we believe is best, and that is to serve and care for all people, regardless of what they look like, what they believe in, or where they've come from. So with that, here's part two of Politics, Religion, and Other Off-Limits Topics, episode 103 of Authentic Conversations. Qualifiers on incidents is extremely important. Yep. Is there really police brutality? I would argue there is more police brutality than there is police racism. Sure. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. I think I think because the mass numbers of officers there are out there, there are a hundred percent anecdotal incidences of brutality that are far too numerous due to mul- there there's a there's a bevy of reasons as to sure. why that occurs. Sure. And it could be different from department to department. Yep. Uh, yep. What happens in New York City cannot mirror what happens in a small city like Laguna Beach. Right. The, right. the policing is totally different. The right. crime is totally different. Demographics are totally different. And people respond differently to them. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think it's extremely important when we look at cases like this to sit there and go, what are the facts? Nobody does this anymore. Right. It's right. hit the news, hit the Facebook post, hit the, and then all of a sudden the facts change 12 times in the first two days yep. of what's going on. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, and 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 here, like, some very touchy touchy things to say here, but like, you know, when we when we look at some of the um, more um, well known incidents of the last couple of years, mm-hmm. right? So we look at something like Ahmad Aubrey. Sure. Like clear cut. Clear cut. He was murdered. He right. was murdered because of his race. There is evidence to that fact, a hundred percent unequivocal. Clear as day. Clear as day. George Floyd. Uh, he was now 
more camera evidence has sure. come out since then to show that he was not just compliant. innocently standing by and was far from compliant uh, in the situation. But even with that evidence, he was still uh, assaulted mm -hmm. by that police officer. Absolutely. And I believe based upon the evidence we see in that guy's own track record, sure. that it was probably, there was some, um, there was there was some, uh, race had a, was a factor. There could have been, yes. And the only reason I say there could have been is because it's still speculation. Sure. Um, and, and, and because of the kind of work I've done, I really, really try hard to remove my bias and speculation sure. from those arguments. Yep. Um, I can see why many would argue that 100%. And, yeah. I, and I'm not making a decision left or right on that. I want to sure. be clear. I'm not saying it was or it was not. I'm saying I don't know. I'm not him. I wasn't there. Sure. So that's that. Right. So that's that one. So there's three. Three that have gone completely different ways. Correct. Um, both um, as they happened and then after effect kind of looking sure. in. Then we have uh, Jacob Blake, mm -hmm. who the media rushed... Yep. to make a statement and there are a significant number of facts that have come out since then to show that um, whether you decide and this is what I think is important too whether you decide gosh these things are like this is just like stepping in piles of shit this is no longer <laughs> crap like whether you want to say seven shots in the back was too many or not an overreaction to a situation you still put facts together and determine that that did not, it, it, we didn't get to that place because a racist white Correct. police officer targeted an innocent black male. In right? fact, the officer was acting in defense of the woman, his ex-girlfriend, right. who he had digitally raped moments before the confrontation. Well, and there was a warrant out for his arrest. And there was a weapon And he was site. going for a weapon. And there was and, a in the car. And again, does that justify killing? Absolutely not. Or, I, 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 I shouldn't say that. We weren't there. Does that justify killing? Not necessarily. Right, that, that, right. Was, that was a better way right. to say that. I take back my absolutely not. We don't know the situation, but we can't automatically impose um, a clear-cut case like Ahmaud Aubrey, mm -hmm. like uh, uh, on uh, sure. in the same way Correct. that we do Jacob Blake. Because it's not. Then the one that is still gaining the most attention is Breonna Taylor. Correct. And this is where I'm sure, like, you're just going to be so upset by what I say. And I'm sorry, but, like, the more evidence that we get... Now, was she potentially an innocent victim in that home? Potentially. Even though her name was on the warrant, we now see that that was the case. Correct. She did have... Uh, there was enough evidence to say that she had... She was complicit. ...some interaction with that ring of crime that was happening in that area right not just I mean that house yes just to be clear yeah not hands in the deals Correct. whatever but she but, was complicit in driving yes. other things does that warrant her being killed absolutely nope. not but also we know that she was not directly targeted that she happened to be a, uh, uh, the victim of crossfire, right? That was happening. Well, so there's actually conflicting this per the grand jury report that got released, and one of the officers is actually claiming that her boyfriend claimed she was the one that fired the weapon. Oh, okay. So there is, and that's the hard part with this. Is again, it's just so unclear. And even with with the decision not to charge them, the officers with yeah. anything, it's still really, really unclear. The only thing that I can fall back on is, well, the grand jury chose not to press charges, right? And the grand jury was made up of peers who heard the case, and they were on tape asking question after question yeah, of the officers, yeah. pointing out contradictions so, in their stories. 
But what I want to say to this is, I don't know. Again, right. I wasn't right. there. I can't make that judgment. And to, the, the problem comes in is when we start castigating our own friends and family and people for not thinking one way or the other because okay. it's so emotional. That's what's important is, so what I say about a case like that is, yes, we've had a decision. It's still to some degree unresolved, mm -hmm. right? But I don't think it's unresolved in the ways that most people are after because everybody now wants to effectively destroy every officer that Correct. was involved in that. And what I say to that is, is like they're, most of the people that I'm hearing still fighting for her uh, in that way mm -hmm. are saying she was laying in bed, she was asleep, she was innocently shot, she had nothing to do, they were at the wrong house. Right. All of those things are actually now factually untrue. Right. And so if you still want to, which I am totally on board with, if you still want to remember her life, if you still Absolutely. want to advocate for better policy that does not allow things like that to happen, Correct. even the idea that, right, like no knock warrant, they actually did knock. Now there's evidence that people heard them like Correct. declare whether they did inside or not. Again, there's there's so much nuance here. but. If you, if you want to change, if you want to reform, if you want to do all kinds of things while, be, while uh, memorializing her, do that. Right. But at the same time, you can, there, there's not any kind of evidence to say, great, another white... Or conclusive evidence, yeah, I would say. Another white police officer specifically... Well, yes, correctly, yes. Specifically yes. targeted a black person right. and killed them, right? right. And, and yes, that's what, like... Here's my biggest content with all of these cases is what's the goal? Like, yes, 100%. And, and I want to be clear. Breonna Taylor, Jeff Blake. Jacob Blake. Uh, Jacob Blake, sorry. Um, uh, George Floyd. They were people beyond the actions of which occurred that led to the series of events that played out. Bar none. They were people. And we need to remember that regardless of their sins. Yeah. Because we all have sins. Um how we move forward in terms of a discussion about how these things changes change is very important yeah because i would argue the best way to to i don't know if celebrates the right word or to to recognize what happened to brianna taylor is look at how the series of events were allowed to unfold right i'm a big proponent of getting rid of a no-knock warrant yeah yep and i can get deeper into that but that's a yeah. deeper conversation for another time I'm a big proponent of the Fourth Amendment and making sure that every warrant is specific, goes through a judge. In this case, it did. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big proponent of things like, um, now I'm totally blanking on them. Um, for instance, uh, the confiscation of, of material evidence such as cash and things like that uh, in cases that have been resolved. So um, asset forfeiture. Is the, the term I was looking for, um, civil asset forfeiture. That if if there's a crime presented, the police oftentimes just keep the cash, the money, things like that, with no cause for a case. Things like that need to be changed. There are there are actual fundamental things that can be produced from here. Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina presented a reform bill for the police uh, that would have changed a lot, a lot of what a lot of what the protests have called for. That wouldn't be able to take it up for a vote because he's a Republican. Yep, yep. And people ignored that. Ron, yep. uh, Ron, Ron, Rand Paul, Freudian slip there for Ron Paul. <laughs> Rand Paul produced the Breonna Taylor bill, which would have ended no-knock warrants, and the left ignored it. 
Yeah. And and then not only that, he got chastised through the street yeah. by people saying, say her name. Yeah, assaulted. Completely actually. ignorant yeah. of the fact that he had produced this bill with his name on it, yeah. his sponsorship. Right? There are proponents on both sides yeah. who have been trying to move these things for years, but the public is so enamored by the by the event, yep. they forget about the policy side, and that is where things need to change. We, there needs to be people holding fire to the candidates to pass a bill. If you want to know the biggest problem with political parties, it's the fact that they weaponize these things yep. for their own good. Yep. Democrats won't pass those bills because they don't want Trump to get the credit for it. Right. As opposed to saying, hey, no, Brianna's death means more than this. We need to pass this bill to end these type of situations yep. because that's how you memorialize her. Yep. By saying this no-knock warrant situation, regardless of what the facts are of the case now, in order to say this will never happen to another Brianna Taylor, yep. You make sure that a no-knock warrant thing, no-knock warrant never occurs again. Yep. Yeah, so, okay, so, which then kind of leads into, so there are... Qualified immunity. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> Sorry. Qualified immunity was another thing that needs to change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, again, so, we absolutely agree that reform needs to happen in policing, in law, in judicial policy. Yep. Uh, absolutely, a hundred percent. But never will I ever believe that taking police off the streets, unless they are deemed as uh, uh, unable to properly right. serve, right. never is that a good idea. And we're Correct. seeing the results of that in this short period of time. Right. I mean, Minnesota, right, is begging for police to okay. come back in. Statistically, statistically speaking, police presence in a neighborhood is the only way to reduce crime yeah yeah statistically speaking it's yep. the only thing that's ever proven to be effective yep. and, and if you guys want studies on that i can produce them for you um the other side of this too uh is the fact that we have to remember also those police officers are also people they are yes. also flawed they are held to a much much higher standard as they should be right and and we need to also call for reform in how the police department uh, polices itself, for lack of a better word, right? Like, well, how about even just cared for the unions? Yeah, the, the police unions are a big problem here in the sense that they have these internal processes, and maybe in some case, like, there's definitely arguments to be had that that that's appropriate. But the fact that these cases don't become public knowledge yep. is also a problem. Yep. There needs to be more transparency there, 100, percent and they need to be able to, without the union interference, weed out the candidates who are not qualified to be on the streets and handling these kind of conflicts. Yep, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's there's tribalism sure. within, their, within their own environment, right? And yeah, I, I think that it is so important that while um, uh, there's never an excuse for uh, 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 unexcusable overuse of force, that um, you know there, there's plenty of brokenness in the system, uh, we still need to remember, like, I, I love that you said that. These are human beings. Yep. Um, we we acknowledge, and, and again, this is not necessarily an excuse, but we acknowledge that when military goes overseas to serve in war, they come back and they're different, right? Like, their psyche is different. Like, mm -hmm. everything is just so different. They've been affected, and that PTSD is real. Our, our police officers, especially ones that are serving in these areas of high tension. High numbers of suicide rates. Oh my gosh. And, 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 and you know, you, you get so fed up and so frustrated 
that you overreact. And again, that's not an excuse. No. And there's never, it, it's not, it doesn't justify inexcusable violence. It doesn't justify ever, breaking the law, ever, breaking ever, protocol. Ever, ever. Absolutely not. But we need to continue to remember that they're human beings right. and that they need to be treated as such. They need to be cared for. They need to be supported. I love ideas about you know bringing in mental health professionals to help support them. But the other day I heard something like, um, you know, I, I want to put a um, mental health professional uh, in every police car so when they go out onto a domestic uh, abuse case or domestic uh, call for domestic violence, uh, that that person gets out of the car and they go up to the car or up to the house, the house too and try and de-escalate the situation. And I'm like, yo, you are not putting an unarmed person at risk of getting stabbed, shot. That That's crazy, right? Like you can't do that. Right. And yet, if the police go in, deem like stop violence from happening, and then they call that person in to then have that conversation exactly. as they're monitored to make sure that they're being protected, that's a whole nother thing. Right. But there's a lot that goes into that. So it's like, yes, change. Yes, we need to move forward. Yes, there's brokenness. But still, even through all of this, and, and again, this does not devalue any of these one. Every single life that is lost, whether it's justifiable or not, is so sad. Correct. And it's a loss of a life. And we need to count it as that. Nobody deserves to there die. There should be no celebration on any for any of it. Any of it. It was a horrific... Every circumstance... Every circumstance where even maybe the person was was actually endangering in, in people. Right. It's still a loss of life. I know. And that should be, that should be something we look at that way, right? Like, yeah. But uh, that is still... It's such... And again, please don't hear me say that, yeah, but... I'm... But as I say this, like I, I want people to see, like we need to look at this for what it is. It is still such a small subset yep. of this population. And yet here we stand today with talking about young kids being educated mm -hmm. to hate the police, Correct. to have no respect for authority. The bigger question is, do you think that creates more or less conflict? Far more, Correct. far more. Correct. And, and yet it was so crazy. Like talk about like a, a quick sideshow here, but you know, when the protests happened in Yorba Linda uh, last weekend or two weekends ago now, um, I watched, I was watching a live stream uh, of somebody that was protesting on behalf of, um, mm, I don't want to say Black Lives Matter. No, it was the Caravan for Caravan Justice. for Justice. And, um, which is affiliated. And he was there uh, and he was, he was uh, live streaming on Instagram, uh, uh, their side, right? And it got heated. That both sides got violent. He runs over to a police car and is pounding on the window of the police car to have her get out of the car and do something to stop it. And I'm thinking to myself, like, the irony here of you're holding signs to defund the police, you're pigs, A like cab, yeah. crazy. And yet, as soon as violence breaks out that you can no longer protect yourself from, you go to the very thing that you're protesting against. Right. And I know that it's not that's not like just an equal analogy, but it's crazy to me like we've got to believe that when done right to the best of everybody's ability we need the police. We, we need to respect the police. We need a healthy conversation. Absolutely. Right? Like I, that, that's the part that kills me. It's like I feel like I feel like I can't talk to anybody about I know. it. One because I'm either told to shut up because I don't understand. Yeah. But how how am we supposed to understand if there's no conversation? How yeah. do I how do I like I, I, it alienates both of us, and yeah. then we both feel the division, right? Like well, and like I had I and it's unfortunate too because like I had friends 
So when the George Floyd uh, when George Floyd was killed, uh, I recorded a video. I was just so heartbroken over just like that at that moment, and it, it just kept coming. But like was the final straw in like I was so heartbroken, crying in my office here, and I, re I recorded a video talking about just how how sad it was and his life and you know what happened. And um, I had friends that were police officers that were offended yeah. that I said and stood for Black Lives Matter. Like the the, the the mantra, yeah, the, not the, the organization, statement, right? Yes. The statement that Black Lives Matter, yeah, that yep. they that Black people matter because they do, and calling that incident wrong, correct. And then when I shared, I don't know, a couple weeks later, maybe, um, a post about my respect for law enforcement. My dad was a cop for years. I have a lot of close friends that are police officers, right. Same. Um, and and I got in a lot of trouble with police early on, and and still like. I have so much respect for them and so much empathy for them. And I shared a post about that and had other friends Wait, and just a human being and other random people. Yeah. That were so upset with me sure. that I supported the police. Sure. And, and I'm thinking to myself, like, why do these two things have to be separate? Like, again, every opportunity we have. Exclusive. Yeah, right. It goes all the way back to the very beginning of what you were talking about, you know, which is like every opportunity we have to see a, a, a little bit of light between two sides of something, we just push them to opposite ends of the room. As opposed and they're, to pulling them together. Yeah. And oftentimes it's easier to pull them together than it is to push them apart because to pull them together is a small distance, right? Yep. Because you see a slimmer, the, the glimmer of light between them Yep. versus having to separate them so far that you can stand between it. Yep. yep. Right? Like, I don't know. It. It's interesting to me. And, and, I, and to kind of pull this into... Um, I think where we can go next with this uh, is is the difference in I guess media coverage and what you're seeing kind of tailoring back to Trump today and the disconnect here so obviously Trump just went down with COVID uh, yep. and and on one hand he two days later he got out and you know did a little drive around and the media went nuts yeah right yeah and they said well how dare you put the Secret Service who were working with doctors who put their lives on the line for the president every day. Right. Um, how dare you put them at risk for this this disease. Right. Um, and then on the other hand, you see people rioting and protesting, getting up in the face of police and spitting on them and and much more likely or higher likelihood of transmissibility in that circumstance. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, a, it's it's that polarization again. Well, I mean, I, I guess there I would say to like create, like we know he was infected sure he was very contagious it's a vacuum sealed car but I, I think what's more important than because I don't I understand what you're saying I don't necessarily think that's a, a it's not apples to fair apples comparison sure. but but my point is it's just in the difference in the coverage of it oh and because it's feigned it's feigned um, feigned outrage yeah it's well not and a real outrage and and I feel like even when we see something like that like okay so he Got into a car. He was contagious. There was a secret service. It was a bad idea. I'll, I'll be the first person yeah. to go out there and, and say and, that it was and, a terrible and, idea, and, and you, just PR wise. And you can. And okay, so fine, that was. Uh, and, and other people would say like, I, I was so happy to see him outside. Sure. But what I think is most important is is we weren't in that room Correct. when that discussion was had. Correct. Was was a secret service person like forced? Like you're fired if you don't do this. I mean, I guess maybe, but. 
We don't. I would. I mean, the the PR leaks on that would be right. But like, we we just don't know. And so again, like to automatically say, you know, sources. Yeah. What about you know how how awful he was? What a monster to subject. We just don't know. And yet, it's immediate. You're right. Like five seconds after that thing shows up, it's like, boom. Right. It's crazy. It is so crazy. But I think that that that's where we're at is. As soon as when we're on one side, have an opportunity to attack the other side, this is exactly what we see happening. And I think another example of that is his tax returns, right? And I know that was another question somebody wanted answered. And as long as we have time to keep talking and you're good with that, we can kind of touch it. You can just shut it off if you're over this. We're going to keep going. You probably may have shut it off already, (laughs) right? Like, but but like, okay, who I, I would like anybody who has tried to pay more in taxes send me a personal message because I want to hear why and how. Because if you didn't know, there is a donate button to the IRS, but I have never known anybody to do this. <laughs> right, right, right. Nor have I ever heard anybody go into the IRS and say, hey, just tell me what you think I could owe and you know, I'm okay with that number. It's, hey, how do I save as much money as possible? Yep. That's note number one. Number two, what people missed was in like the 45th paragraph of this New York Times bombshell was the fact that in 20, I believe it was 2015, he paid $1 million over what he owed Right. And then 2016, he paid $4.5 million over what he owed. Right. So this money got rolled into his tax returns right. for the next the next couple of years. Right. And people just ignore that. It's in the article. It's which, in that New York Which, by the way, the majority of the people um, that are that don't understand that don't understand that because they've never experienced right. that. And so I understand that you're ignorant to that idea, but then don't automatically assign that to fraud or dishonesty. It's the same reason, like I own my own business and I prepay taxes on a quarterly basis Mm -hmm. with estimations based upon what I think I'm gonna generate in revenue that year. If I come in lower, 2020 is a great example for a lot of people, If I projected to do, let's just pretend, this isn't my number, a million dollars in revenue. And so I prepay taxes associated with that million dollars quarterly Mm -hmm. to both federal and state. And then at the end of the year, I generate 400,000 in revenue. I'm getting a tax refund. Or in his case, you carry that money over. $750. Right, whatever it is. So like, that's one thing too that came to mind for me. in the article, like if you just kept reading, although if you didn't just read the headline, which again bias in the headline, totally. they had a they had a they had a target narrative that they tried to fit, and if you read it all, it destroyed their own narrative, and this often happens with political articles. Do you ever do you know of a case of somebody that stole from the IRS and got away with it? Uh, it there's two things I know: is that one, we will die, and two, the IRS will catch you, because they're the, they can't they can't deliver post mail on time. But the IRS knows where you are if you've moved 16 times and changed your phone number 1,400 times. And so that that is another thing again. And if your name like, is Donald Trump, they are 100% all over you. Right. Which, which again, like this, this is what challenges me. And this is not coming to his defense because no. did was he in shady business practice? Pro- Maybe. They all are. Yeah, I, probably. I'm actually going to say probably. Not yeah, even yeah, probably. Yeah, sure. I'll, you, you can... But if he defrauded the IRS of $1 in the... 20 years that he's been doing this or whatever, right. he would have already been caught. And I know that there's still this ongoing investigation and they're mm-hmm. still working through his tax returns. It's going to come out. Correct. And so, like, what? And does his Fourth Amendment right to privacy matter? Because when you have people illegally, that's a federal felony, by the way, to leak somebody's personal documents like this. 
does that matter? Because that should no. be that should be an erosion of personal privacy that concerns every citizen. Because if the government's doing that, not only that, if you're looking at like the unmasking of people within his organization through wiretapping under right. the Obama administration, which has been proven, right? Right. I mean, say what you want about him. He was also the most targeted incoming president oh, gosh. ever. And that's not whether I agree with him or not, because right. again, I didn't vote for him in 2016. Right. I was a neutral player. Right. Um, right. And just watching those hey, things happen to me. Right. Yeah. Like, but, and then again, I don't approve of him as a human being because his, his personality is so right. hard to swallow. Right. Well, and, and, and maybe, we maybe you should, should maybe you should back that, backtrack that statement. Cause sure. I think I know you better than that. I would say that his character yeah, that's that's it yes, is, correct. It, and his actions and behaviors don't demonstrate somebody that you believe is somebody of high integrity. Yeah, and when I say hard for me to swallow, yeah, clarify, yeah, it's hard for yeah. me to swallow. But like at the same time, we go back to and again, this this isn't an excuse, but he's a human being. Yeah, and he like with all of the bad things that he said and done, uh, you know, whatever. Like he he's still like. He's fighting it all too. Sure, absolutely. And there's a lot of things that we don't know, uh, you know? Yeah. And so I, I think it's just, it, it's important to clarify that because I got in a lot of trouble, by the way, um, with a Instagram post that I shared recently, which was, um, I stated uh, that a Satan mm-hmm. used um, the, oh gosh, now I'm gonna forget exactly what I said, but basically Trump, uh, Satan has used Trump's time in office over the last four years as a wedge to divide this country. And I got a lot of flack for that right. because somebody thought that I said that Satan and Trump were one sure. and the same. I don't believe that at all. As a matter of fact, that would go against everything I believe about the Bible. Sure. Um, beyond that, I don't even necessarily believe, at least at this point, and maybe something will change sometime now, I don't even actually believe that Satan is like necessarily inside of or using Trump himself. No, I, yeah. My, my whole point there was, I mean, we've seen like biblical evidence of that, like Satan entered Judas and betrayed Jesus. So like, it's there, I know it's possible. But what I was really going after and what I was very clear to was, was like this time in office has divided our country. Correct. Chaos has, begets chaos. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump, yes. We can say that things he said or done have stoked the fire. His, like, irresponsible comment of Proud Boys, you know, stand down and stand by. Like, I feel like it was stand down and stand by and let the police do their job, but... Correct, and that's another thing we can jump on, too, if you want to kind of hit that. Because the first thing that should be recognized is he said, sure, I will condemn things three times. Yeah. And they continue to ignore it. Yeah. And then what I also want to highlight is the next day, uh, um, Major Garrett, who's an anchor for one of the major news tele, uh, news anchor, news, what am I trying to say? The news sh- uh, channels, right? Yeah. I can't remember. He used to be with Fox. I'm not sure where he is now. He asked Kaylee McEnany, hey, can you today condemn, well, will you, why won't the president condemn it in, in, in entirety? Like, why won't he just say that now? Yeah. She read off a bevy of statements where he had yeah. unequivocally denied this people like um jake tapper among others before he was president had quoted him saying about you know when he denounced white supremacy she wrote off these quotes and he said but yeah but will you do it today and she goes i just did 
Yeah. And he said, no, no, will you say it today? And she goes, literally, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And they continue to ignore it. So there's a no, it's a no win some yeah, game. Yeah, five days prior. Because he, the narrative is more important than what is being actually said. Five days prior, he deemed the KKK a terrorist organization. Correct. The other rant that uh, John Roberts, I think was his name, had on Fox, uh, Fox News. Yep. Um, you know, that Trump is a racist. He wouldn't denounce racism. And then him and Trump, I think actually, no, uh, him and Kaylee got into a discussion on Twitter, mm -hmm. McConaughey, and McConaughey, and um, he called her out wanting her to, den that Trump mm -hmm. to denounce racism. She pointed him to his wife's yeah, tweet. report from, from a direct statement from Trump denouncing it. And so it was like, they live in the same house, right. and they don't even see things the same right. way, right? Well, and, and that goes back to just people wanting... Has he made they racist statements? Stay. Sure. <laughs> has he has he improperly treated people? Yes. 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 Uh, unequivocally. And, you know, has he has he demonstrated? Do, do we have pretty clear evidence that he is sexist or has at times? Absolutely. And so has Joe Biden. Right. Publicly, openly. Right. T today, he got in trouble for saying something to I think uh, sixteen-year-old girls, and he yeah. said, "I'll come back to watch you dance in four years." Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, like, and his wife pulled him away off stage because she's like, uh, "Joe, you probably shouldn't say that." Yeah. I. I yeah. And and, and I, I, I've tried, I guess, somewhat strategically to not. Well, Trump this, Biden this, right. but you bring up such a great point because you know the tax issue, right? Mm -hmm. And Trump's seven hundred fifty dollar tax bill, which gosh, I need that CPA, like, and his investments that are helping him to withhold so much sure. more of his tax liability. But at the same time, in that same debate, news had broke days prior about Trump, uh, about Hunter Biden taking three and a half million dollars. From, a, from somebody in Russia. The third largest, or the third richest woman in Russia who has ties to Ukraine and Burisma. Sex trafficking, mm -hmm. prostitution, so many other things that are all tied into that. And it was dead silent. Correct. And I'm thinking to myself like, I don't care if you hate Trump with a passion and you love Joe Biden like he is your grandfather. You have to look at that and you have to say there is an issue at hand. Why are we exploring one and not and the other? And that number, by the way, came from the Treasury and through a Senate. It was the Senate Committee on... Let me see if I still have that information. It'll pull up here. And it was a Senate Senate Committee report, yeah. right, um, that, that came up with those numbers and those followings. Now, again, I don't want to speculate any more than the information that I have. I don't know what his connections were. Do right. I know he worked for Burisma? Yeah, that's that's public knowledge. Do I know that Burisma was indicted on on, on cronyism in Ukraine? Yes, that's that's public right. knowledge. You can find the court records if you search for them. But why isn't that stuff being investigated in the same Correct. way? Correct. Like, in the same way. Like, okay, so in the same article, again, kind of touching back on Trump, right? Like, they looked at this and they said, well, he paid $750 in taxes, but they didn't talk about anything being illegal. There was not a mention of any any, any illegality in that. Yep. It just basically was a, hey, Trump's a crappy businessman. Right. Which, if you understand how to leverage debt, actually what he's doing could liquid he could liquidate oh. money faster than, than he needed to to pay off the debt that he yeah. has. Uh, and there's some great threads on on uh, by CPAs and high high level people. If you guys want articles on those things too, those things are available. Um, but there is a lack of curiosity curiosity yep. on the other side, and and that is important to notice. And I, again, like you said, this isn't this isn't an equivoc equivoc 
equivalent. What's the word? These aren't equalizing statements. Yeah. I'm not saying because Trump did this, Biden does yeah. this. That's not the point. But My also, point is there should be that general curiosity of wait, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, again, like this is the same regard, and this is not pitting one against the, the other. This is like tonight, as we're recording this, is it's tonight is the VP debate tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, so Wednesday night, the eighth. Uh, today's the seventh. So, um, uh, so tomorrow's the debate. And so one of the things that would definitely be on my mind if I'm a moderator and I'm asking questions of like, what's going on here, is why did during the uh, primary, Democratic primary, did Kamala Harris go Absolutely. on record accusing Joe Biden of inappropriate sexual or inappropriate behavior mm -hmm. and yep. went on record as stating that she believed his accusers Correct. multiple times, okay? so. Forget Kamala Harris's record, forget any of her misgivings. If that is not brought up at the debate, it, which I would put a lot of money on the fact that it won't mm -hmm. be, we again see a significant problem. Do you remember when, uh, and I forgot about this until um, I was watching this like funny parody show, um, when, the, when the news was huge around the fact that Mike Pence would not travel without his, uh, with, without his wife, or if he was anywhere with a woman, another man had to be present. Right. And that was like gnarly news, right? Like they were accusing him of so many things. Right. Um, and, and yet, here we are with now a president, presidential nominee running that has a lot of accusations sure. against him. Like- Both of them, to be clear, but like, yes. Like, poor Kavanaugh got yeah, literally- assassinated from a character perspective Literally along with all his yeah. family over a couple of accusations that were proven false yeah. because there was no cooperation right which even from friends that were supposedly there which again like you want to continue to believe that something got covered up then fine whatever like that that's on you but then again you have to uh, impose that same lens of thought and belief onto everybody else as equally right. as possible. And I want to qualify that statement too. You don't have to, but if you want to be taken seriously in your critique, then you do, right? Well, because, because again, kind of going back to that, we don't have to have congruent thought processes. Nobody's forcing you to have that. Right, Nobody right. expects that of you. But if you want to be taken seriously, you need to have some level of common ground congruency so that people can go, okay, yep. well, if you're going to apply it here, I know you're not, you're not a... Uh, you're not motivated outside of the circumstance by other situations. Right, right, right. So yeah, so 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 again, like that that was a great way to say that. Like, I think that it's so important that as we are working on our own mm -hmm. personal development, levels of self-awareness, we have to address that we have bias. Yep. It it's a hundred percent guaranteed. It's there, and like we are biased against specific types of people all people, certain things, certain news. Uh, it's just, it, it, it's been in us since the day we were born, right? Our upbringing right. is biased. Uh, so like we have to admit that. That's where the privilege, that's where that's where all the things that make you you, everything that makes you privileged, or everywhere that people would say you are privileged is what shaped you. Everywhere where you weren't privileged is what shaped you. That is why people right. are unique. Yeah, absolutely. And so that, that has to be like, we have to start there. Like, I. I at least we have that has to be one of our foundational like agreements. We're biased. We all are. And then second to that then is is if we are going to strive for the best possible outcome for this country and really the world, we have to look at things 
as equally as possible sure. understanding our own bias. I have some examples in my head that are just not worth sharing because that'll just get me into a lot of hot water. But it's just the way that it is. Correct. You're right? conditioned by your environment to to have certain suppositions that either develop or establish your bias because that's how the world around you is perceived. Yep. And in order to understand anything, we have to because you have to have faith in some things, and that faith develops your bias, right? Yep. Like you're that that's what yep. shapes your worldview. Yeah, and then again, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, the evidence is so clear that underneath all of our own bias, underneath the media and its bias, there is also crazy, crazy shit that happens, right? I mean, Absolutely. like everything from like I, 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 you know, I whispered earlier, like the social dilemma. And, and knowing the way that the information that we are consuming today through social platforms is being delivered to us based upon what they what we do know and like and what they think we'll know and like. Also, with uh, documentaries on people like Jeff Epstein yeah. and to see how much has really gone on behind the scenes and to know um, what was there, even all the way back to like that Enron disaster yeah. and like, there are things that at one point in our life we would have never thought possible that are now becoming reality. And so we need to realize that there are so many things that we will never understand. Like it's it's not about Trump or Biden winning the election. Nope. For for probably and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, I'm not a QAnon guy, but like there are there are more powerful and there are deeper things that are going on that that are creating the environment that we're in. Sure. Absolutely. Well, and, and again, that's where the faith comes in, right? Like, I always tell people, the world is what it is. The world is worth living because of the chaos. If the world was calm all the time, people would create chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because yeah. complacency creates chaos, right? Yeah. Like, it, the moment that you go, oh, okay, everything's good, what happens to your life? It gets chaotic because you start letting things go or you stop paying attention to the details or, right? Like... We are built to adapt. Yep. Human beings, more than anything else, are built to adapt, overcome, and triumph. Yep. I mean, there is nothing more resilient than a human being. Yep. They can go through things. They can see things. They, we can deal with things. We have the ability to... That is what separates us from the animal kingdom. Yep. Is that enduring ability to go, that's not good for me. I need to change. That adaptation also brings along this personal responsibility. Uh, and truth be told, this is how I develop my political philosophy. I started at that point and built up versus mm. starting at what do I like and then build down. Um, and it shaped my faith. Um, but ultimately, what we have to realize is that inside of this microcosm of chaos is the greatest ability to become the best version of yourself yep. humanly possible. Yep. Whether it's looking at, at the Trump and Biden debate, whether it's looking at... Um, the the social conflicts or things that go on in the United States right now, like you're an actor in your life, you yeah. have choices in your life, you have the ability. the 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 mantra "pull yourself out of your bootstraps" gets gets a horrible, horrible reputation because it sounds so simplistic. But it's in 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 a way it is. Yeah. In a way it's not. Yeah. It doesn't mean that everybody can can do it in the same outcome, but it does mean that everybody has the opportunity to figure out what their condition is and step beyond it. Yep. Because yeah. because as a human being, you have that value, yeah. right? The same way that like 
building influence around you is 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 something that comes with being able to influence people in a way that they feel is powerful for them right like influence isn't built because you're president of the united states i think that's very clear for half the nation yeah yeah influence is built because the people feel like you impacted them in a way yeah that gave them something of value for the rest of their life yeah um and and i think that we need to look at our conversations this way you're never going to influence anybody without talking about things that are hard to discuss yeah I'm a big proponent of the three things you should talk about, sports, politics, religion, at the dinner table with your family, because there's going to be nobody who forgives you more for the stupid things yeah. you say than those people. And then when that helps shape your idea better, yeah. you can go out in the world and start discussing that with people who are able to comprehend what you're saying, and your family can hold you accountable for the real stupid things as you develop. And then you kind of you start to build people around you and influence people around you because you're you're more co coherent in the way that you think you're more uh, congruent yep. and the closer to congruency you get with those arguments the easier it is for people to take you seriously I, I this is going to kind of sound like a, a toot my own horn thing and it's like i i am by no means i would not consider myself uh, uh somebody who has a mastery of politics Right? I, I'm not, and I openly admit that when I talk to people, when people ask for my advice, I openly admit this is just my personal opinion, but I care about some of these things, yeah. and I, I put work into them. But I can honestly say that I have affected multiple people's political perspective because of my ability to speak to them as if their opinion matters, even if I disagree. Yep. For some of those people, they started out not wanting to talk to me at all, and me just having a conversation with them, they're like, oh, okay, you're not so different. Oh, oh, okay, that's yeah. what you mean by this. Oh, wow, I never thought. And then next thing you know, they're like, wow, I, I see the world totally differently. I have a very good friend who was a trauma survivor, uh, had multiple things go on in her life that affected the way she saw the world. And because of our relationship, she is now somebody who stands independently on her own, admits her own mistakes, knows she's flawed, but is, is in a job she never thought she'd have or had the competence to get. She, she got a home she never thought she'd get. And, that, that's, and I would tell her to this day, that's not from me, but it was because I opened a door for her yeah. that she was able to find that about herself. And that adaptation is kind of what we're talking about here, right? Like conversation is the most powerful tool we have to influence other people. Yeah. And that's why this conversation was important for us to have. That's why you were felt so compelled to open this can of worms yeah. for people to turn you off potentially forever. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I've got to be able to lean in and live with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, mean, by the way. you know, where, where we started, you know, on this kind of like two-party system and, um, you know, at the end of the day, maybe up until just very recently, um, everybody wants the same thing. They want to make this country the best that it can be. They want people to live as freely as possible. They want to make progress, you know, you, you know, uh, so much. It, it's always been about a difference of how we get there, correct? Right, and I think that that's what's most important in relation in these that's conversations that we're having is, you know, at the end of the day, so long as we're both seeking to do good, mm -hmm. like produce good outcomes. Yeah. I want to say that how we get there can be different, and we can disagree, and and we can very strongly disagree on how we get there so long as we at least both believe that we're moving to the right place. What I what I do not stand for is destruction or damage right. in order to get to where we need to go. You know, like I, I understand that there are groups of people out there today um, 
uh, not Antifa, uh, that uh, believe that they need to take certain things into their own hands Mm -hmm. because, you know, Portland's gone off its rocker and if somebody doesn't step in because the government won't there, it's crazy, right? And, you know, like, so I understand people are fed up. It doesn't necessarily make it right for them to go in and do something different about it, but I get it. Um, Not not the Marxists that, like, blocked off a city block. Yeah, but but I get it. I, I, I get like this tendency to yes. want to do that. But if if you're coming from a place which like is Antifa 101, which I heard something said the other day, like they, they were once the anti-fascists and now they have become the fascists. Right. And just look at look sure. at what they're doing, um, which, by the way, like uh, uh, we can't go here because we have just a few more minutes because we're coming up on two hours, which is crazy. But like um, if. People protesting primarily as the result of uh, equality for black people, which which has been the majority of the reason why protests have happened, which I am all for. Sure. If, I don't even have to agree with your protest. If you're able to do that in a way that is effective and you're getting people to listen yeah. to, that's the, the, the entire purpose of a protest is to, again, influence. But but I, agree, I actually agree with their protest. Sure. So long as it stays that way. As soon as it started getting violent... That group collectively should have stood up against Separated. that. Mm-hmm. And it's not their responsibility, but it should have been inherently their desire. And then further to yes. further from that is like if, and, and this is again like cans of worms, but like if an organization like BLM, which believes they're standing at the forefront of helping these protesters move their cause forward, if they really believed that violence was not the answer, then they would have been one of the first people to get up and denounce Antifa. Sure. But they haven't. Sure, and nobody, that's the other side of this is when you look at the the white supremacy stuff. Nobody's talking about Antifa in the same way or BLM in the same way. And again, this is BLM, the organization, not the the protest. Black Lives Matter, not the words. The the dot com, right? Yeah. The the structure that has done so much damage. And and the other side of this too is is like I, I look at these communities where these things are happening and they're burning down their neighbor's business they're burning down the jobs that their friends and family have they're they're destroying their own communities and if to me i'm like what i mean i i can't how do you how do you go back to your neighborhood and go yeah well but that's police injustice then your neighbors look at you and go but yeah but you just ruined my livelihood and these are people that that you're claiming to defend as well like i'll be honest the only money i've donated through all of this has been two businesses that were destroyed. Yeah. Because yep. to me, that's how we get out of here. People employed, people people with education, and 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 uh, economic um, recovery zones, which is something that has been instituted inside of this presidency. Uh, changing the way that charter schools are run, uh, changing the way that school districting is run, changing the way that we look at education totally instead of a federal policy but a local policy is done. All of these things are other ways to address police brutality yeah. without having to put people on the streets in harm's way, defending laws that that oftentimes the police don't even agree with, but that is what they're on the books to do, yeah. right? There are, there, the policy of this is what really needs to be discussed. The influence is there, right? And and the conversations need to be had. Like, I, I, I stay up at night with my soul hurting because I feel the emotion of all these protests going on. And, and I and I I hurt because I don't have an answer and it scares me that I don't have a way 
I feel so disconnected from people who who I look at and that are hurting and I can't help. Yeah. And it keeps me awake at night that I have no way to reach out. And then on the other hand, I go out on a daily basis and I know where my views are. And then I'm worried about being alienated by the people that I just want to help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it could be the 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 mantra of Black Lives Matter. Those people, right? The people who who believe, as we all should, that fundamentally Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And, and at this point, that needs to be elevated to sure. a louder voice exactly. than any other light. And I look at that and I go, it could be misconstrued because of my political stance that they want nothing to do with me. Yeah. And that hurts too. Yeah. On a whole different level, right? And like. Well, That's I mean, part I, of the condition. I've been backed into corners on my own podcast. <laughs> like, thanks. Where it's like, so as a white male, how can you? Right. And then ask me a question question about race or gender. Right. And I'm like, hold on a minute here. Like, no. Have I, I haven't been uh, persecuted as a black person in this country or right. any other country for that matter. No, I have not been treated differently as a woman. But that doesn't mean that I don't have a voice. Right. That you don't care. Or that that I don't have something to say. Or, you know, so, like, that, that's that been really hard for me. Um, a, a couple of other things that I want to just briefly, briefly touch on. Uh, that you're probably going to end up hearing this as uh, part two of this episode. Uh, because this is just probably too long for most people to listen to. Because I am not Joe Rogan, and you probably don't listen to him anyway, um, or Sam Harris for that matter. He runs episodes about this long. So does Dax Shepard. Um, by the way, those are three podcasts I we're listen to cool. a lot. No, we're not cool like them at all. Um, uh, so just here, here's a couple of like final things for me, um, and I've touched on a few of these before. Um, I, I believe that silence can be okay. Um, I believe that because, you know, uh, um, my poor wife, who's just a very quiet person, um, didn't publicly share sure. on social media when all this stuff was going down. And um, she, she would literally like cry mm-hmm. watching friends of hers accusing her sure. of being complicit in violence because she wasn't speaking out. And so, um, you know, Sometimes people just don't speak up because they don't know what to say. Correct. And that's okay. It's not because they don't care. I think other times, and rightfully so, and I mean, my wife, my wife, and I'm not going to use her uh, anymore in this, but like, she's Hispanic, mm-hmm. 100%. She doesn't look it. Right. And so, which is so sad that like, because she doesn't look a certain way that then people it's treat her. Associated. Yeah. Um, anyway, but um, other times it's because they're afraid to say something because they're afraid to be judged for they're ostracizing themselves win or lose right right like like we're doing right now right and and so that's important to me um you know when we hear this idea of the silent majority um i i I think that there are two sides to that one side is people are like oh the silent majority is like this large faction of white people that's not speaking up and out against racism totally wrong um, I, I don't I don't believe that to be the case. Are there people that are not doing this? Absolutely, sure. but there's a lot of reasons with some of which we've talked about. There's another side of the silent majority that I think is gonna be very interesting to see what happens come election time, which is there's a lot of people that are just being really quiet, but they're really fed up with the way this country is. Mm-hmm. For or against Trump, for or against Biden, they're really fed up. Sure. And I believe that we're gonna see some significant things happen, both in the election and post-election. Yep. The frustration's going to boil over, anger, um, change. I don't know, but there's a lot coming. 
So those are some things that I that that were there. We just didn't get time to address. Sure. And there's a billion other nuances and there. I'm sure I'll be back. Yes, yes. And I'm sure I'm going to have to readdress everything I said because I probably got into some trouble. The other thing that I want to say is is uh, talking about this um, uh, trying to elevate people to a level of equality uh, that then turns to a demonization of people that are not that. And so this has happened uh, 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 in large part uh, in issues of gender inequality, which again, I am raising two daughters. I have a woman that I respect and I literally have laid my life on the line for. Uh, and I, I was raised primarily by a single mom. Like I have so much respect for women. It hasn't always worked itself out well uh, in the past, but like today I stand firm in that. And so I, I want to fight for a society that all things equal treats men and women equally. Sure. That's, On an individual basis. That absolutely. said, yeah, that said, I will not stand for my daughters growing up in a society that demonize men because they are men. Right. Because of... We shouldn't demonize groups of people for anything. Right. But it's happening. Sure. And so, like, I'm just so against it. Are that. you familiar with Terry Crews? Oh, yes. So he had this incident on Twitter where uh, he said, I don't want to see the BLM movement turn into black supremacy. And, again, there are factions of the organization and the protest group, again, not at large, small factions of, that have changed the narrative, and they speak loudly. So yeah. this is the problem, is they're loud voices that have pushed this narrative. There have been calls for shooting, and again, this is minority, but there have been calls for shooting people in the streets yep. just because of race, yep. right? And Terry Crews called this out only to be flipped on by people of his own race to tell him that he's sold out because he was calling out, hey, we need to be careful that we don't, like Nietzsche says, don't become the monster in the abyss that you stare at, right? Like that is a very, and that, that's not just a race thing. That yeah. is in any faction of your life. You need to be careful that what you fight against, you don't become. Oh, I, I have a talk about bringing this all the way home. Um, I have a, used to be a friend, is now an acquaintance. I haven't seen her in many years, um, like interacted with her in person. Um, yesterday, she was at a Stater Brothers here locally. Uh, she's 100% Hispanic and looks it. Like, she, she's Mexican. Uh, and she looks it. And she was wearing a Trump hat. And in line at Stater Brothers, one of the employees, one of the employees called her a coconut to her face, which is basically, I guess, is a derogatory statement. You're brown on the outside, but white on the inside because of her hat. And I'm thinking to myself, like, first of all, again, fire me. But like, if that was the other way around. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Right? Like crazy. But this is where we're at. Yeah. Like all of a sudden you sold out to your race or to your gender or to your people because you have a difference of opinion on. We're not monoliths. Not people. But on politics right. or policy or uh, religion or like it, it's it's insane, it's right? Heartbreaking. And, and that kind of stuff is the part that really hurts me, right? Like that that stuff hurts deeply yep. because it's like you're you're canning this person that they should think a certain way because of their race. Like that, yep. that's not at all the case. Like regardless of your white, blue, green, black, orange, doesn't matter what color, whether you're Christian, Catholic, Jewish. Uh, Hindu, Muslim, whatever it may be, yep. they're not monolithic groups. They don't. They don't all think the same. They don't all prioritize the same, and they don't all emote the same. Yep. Yep. And I touched on this earlier, but like emotion plays a big role in yeah. what is a priority for you. And for some people, that 
is different. And, yeah. and obviously that's different. If we were, again, if we were all the same, if, if life was just calm all the time, people yeah. would cause chaos. Because Robotic. they can't handle it. Like that's not our condition. Yep. Right? Our kid condition is to create innovation. The only way innovation comes is if there are mistakes because you can't learn from anything if you're not making mistakes, right? Yep. And it doesn't condone it. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't necessarily may mean that mistakes can't be horrific. Yep. But it also doesn't mean you're defined by one moment in time that, that you sin, right? Like yep. I mean and again, touching back on Vody Bakum, he talks about this point. And and people may disagree with me here, but this is just where my heart is, is that that you know, Jesus Christ laid his life on the line for the rest of humanity. Yep. yep. All sins died there. So yep. now if I can manage in my own personal life to the people who have harmed me to give grace, I'm leaving that door open for other people to walk yep. through and a conversation to flow, right? And like the people who hurt me the most, I often want to have a conversation with because I know there's something deeper there. There's something going on there that they're, they're, it's a call out of something else yep. that got targeted at me or that got targeted somebody else that bothered me. Like conversations build that humanity between people and that's what needs to happen more often yeah yeah no i mean i i, I absolutely agree i mean I, I want like you know here we are having this conversation and hours into this and sharing so many things that put so much at risk like there's a client listening and they no longer want to do business with me because of an opinion that sure. i had um, somebody that I have a friendship with, a client, you know, in the business world or personally, that hears something I said, mm -hmm. and, and, on a, and on one hand, it breaks my heart to think that s s an opinion uh, or perspective on one of these topics that could do that, and yet I know that's totally possible. But I guess what I believe beyond that is, is like. I've been put here on this earth, you've been put here on this earth, and everybody listening, and everybody else for that matter, to be us, and to do the best we can to manage all these thoughts and emotions, and us holding them in for fear of how we're gonna be seen. Like, if, if you are inherently evil, or you're desiring to do something maliciously, then first There's of all, like, fear. shame on you, yeah, like and second of all, then you deserve to be judged. Right. I, yeah, you do, you deserve to be judged for, the, for that well, that's sin. that's the human condition. But, it, if, if somebody decides to cut me off as the result of something I've shared or have in the past or will in the future, then it's just on them. Like I, exactly. I, I can't. Exactly. I, I can't. And that's okay sometimes. Yeah. Like that's, maybe that's what wakes them up is they go, wow, I actually really miss that friendship. And they come back to you. Or maybe they don't and you're like, well, okay, that friendship wasn't as deep as I thought it was yeah. because they pretended they didn't know who I was in my heart. Like I would hope to God that and I and I say that purposefully. I hope to God that anybody who has contentions with anything I said knows what I have done to impact them to make them that close to me in the yeah. first place. Yeah. 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 No. That 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 that's a really good point. I mean, and I think that's why you know hearing things in sound bites, hearing things from people that we really don't know, we can quickly pass judgment on people. Um, when we don't know what, sure. what's going on in their life, which again, all the way back to like, you know, Trump being attacked the way that he is. Like we see a lot of things, we can make some judgment, but we don't know everything that goes on. Um, um, so it is important that we lean into people, that we get to know people, that we hear their heart. Like, you know, wh why do you think the things that you do? Why do you believe? And I'm not gonna judge you for those things. I just wanna learn and I wanna know. And I'm gonna disagree with you on certain things. You're gonna disagree with me and that's okay. Right. And I wish that we would have more of these conversations on a more regular basis. And I just, you know, one of the things I dream for is a society in which there is nothing off limits. 
yeah. that, that we can truly just be open about ourselves, you know, and again, accept accept at face value, you know, people, you know, for, for the way people are. And the truth be is, that's your freedom. That's how you are most free. Yep. When, when people are willing to give you grace, have good faith in who you are as a, in, in your conversation, yep. and understand that you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Right? Like, that that is ultimate freedom. Yep. That, that's why that's why I mean government was always meant to at least in here in the founding here was meant to be small is because then it can't be constrained people yep. can't people can't punish you for things you say yep. right radicalism has its place to challenge conventionalism but at the same time it needs to be constrained right yeah. like it's like nuclear fission like it needs to be in its container otherwise it's destructive Out of control. <laughs> right right yeah. like yeah. that's that's the best yeah. analogy i could give for it and it's like but when it's controlled when it is utilized when it is when it is put to its utmost potential it powers everything yep 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 all right and time 2 hours that was and a lot of minutes um, like again, this is probably going to be this is probably going to be part two, uh, so maybe I'll go back and explain at the beginning uh, that this is going to be broken up into two parts, so you'll have known that when you get to this place uh, for the second part of this episode of the podcast. Uh, so to to reclarify, you know, again, just a couple of quick things, um, you know, um, you know, me personally, um, you know, it's been a long journey of how I've seen politics, how I vote, um, you know, at least at this point for me, 2020, um, there, there's no, there's, there's no opportunity or th there's no place for me to feel comfortable voting for Joe Biden on the policies that he stands on because, uh, both socially and fiscally, uh, I just don't see how that benefits our country moving forward. You can totally disagree with me and that's fine. And we can still be friends. I have actually plenty of, plenty of friends and family, uh, that that are 100% in support of him, and that's fine. Sure. At the same time, uh, while I was absolutely against and 100% against Donald Trump in 2016, uh, I see a possibility and a road to potentially voting for him. Um, I'm not there yet. Subject to change. Yeah, I'm not there yet. Um, I really wish that uh, the character and, and some of the, the flagrancy and things would change. Um, but from a policy perspective, um, overall, again, Things could change, things could improve, but I've seen some positivity there, so I definitely would lean that way, um, you know, over the other. Again, just restating some of the things that were asked. Um, I don't believe every white person is a racist. I don't believe that every person of any color is automatically a racist because of the way they look, or even things that they've said. Right. I think there's just too much nuance there. I don't think silence is violence. I think there's places that we actually should be quiet. And I should probably take my own medicine <laughs> a little bit more off. Hey, you too. I remember no, no, I was saying laughing you talk I was, all the time. Yeah, I, I included myself in that. Um, on, on both perspectives of silent majority, I do think there's a, a, a lot of quiet people out there that are quiet with intention. I don't think that's malicious intention all the time, though there's probably some bad people in there. At the same time, I think there's a silent majority that's getting ready to raise up, and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens come election and afterwards. I absolutely disagree with... Uh, BLM is an organization um, as it represents itself and as best as I can do research on it, though I 100% am in favor of and support of Black Lives Absolutely. Mattering and believe that right now that needs to be a louder group of people mattering than just about anybody else, at least in this country, because of the state that we are in in this country. Correct. Absolutely opposed to white supremacy in any fashion. And again, anybody that would ever associate Quickly. themselves with that, it's not even a question for me. And as a matter of fact, 
today, whereas maybe when I was a teenager, I would have listened to a racist joke and laughed. Um, that, that doesn't happen in our house anymore. We are very careful about what we say about uh, how uh, about the things we say about people uh, because we know that there are repercussions yeah. even just back into our own bias sure. so absolutely yeah. against that I believe that we will continue to see and should see protesting anytime that it leads to violence I believe that is when the major organize organizers should call for people to stand down yeah. because you've lost control and it's creating the very thing oftentimes too. yeah uh, it's doing more damage than it is good um, I see reasons why people feel like they need to go to the streets and defend them themselves on both sides of the equation when they feel like things are out of control. I have, um, uh, I, I understand, though I don't always feel like it's a good idea. And probably most times it is not. Um, tribalism is almost always bad because it just leaves you with too much bias and not a lot of, not enough openness. Um, Christianity and politics, I talked about that a little bit, but there's just no way to sum that up. I do feel like there's a very good possibility that we're going to see some significant violence, uh, a la AKA Civil War, uh, post-election mm -hmm. or during the time they're counting. I do want to add a qualifier to that. I yeah. think I think you'll see that in select places yes. where we're already seeing violence. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a widespread thing no. like coming to your neighborhood. I think you might see that trickle occasionally. Yeah. Um, but again, it, you're, the crazies are going to be crazies. Yeah. Yeah. And and, 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 and it's going to spill over. But I don't think you know. I, you're right. Not it's not, not. It's not like the civil war. No, not the real one. The same no. realm of yeah. No. Uh, police brutality is always bad. Police reform is necessary both for the benefit of the people that the police are serving and protecting as well as for the police officers themselves. Correct. I don't believe that the fail swoop definition of defunding the police is a good idea at all. I think once you explain it at times, I can understand where you're coming from, but you should probably stop saying that word because it's a trigger point if anything. I don't believe that Joe Biden has a mental capacity to properly run this country, but I think that's probably part of the reason why he is in the position he's in. I believe that Hunter Biden's taxes need to be investigated further. Equal or as much as Trump's. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, him on his own. I, I've, yeah. I that There's a lot of problems there. Even if Joe Biden doesn't get elected, I believe there's a lot of sure. problems there that, that there's a lot more implication to that. Um, point on that too, the Obama administration felt the same way. Yeah, yeah. Um, Trump's taxes... I feel like if the IRS doesn't say he didn't break a law, then he didn't break a law. And if he paid $750 in taxes, which he really didn't, but if that's the sum number that we're getting to the end of, then good on him for doing what he needed to do to pay as little as taxes as possible. And that's not because I support or don't support him. Um, yes, you can be against racism and against BLM. I think we talked about that enough. And I'm absolutely against elevating to people of equality if it creates demonization of the people that uh, were once in the supreme power right. or in an overarching right. position i think i summed that all That's up do you have any final words you know like, like a real couple he, final yeah, words yeah, not no, cody I, final words right have a conversation with your family sit down and talk about what people think you know like start there yeah and be better every day. Yeah. That's one thing I've, I've, since all of this started, the one thing I said is we all have to be better any way we humanly can. Yep. And that starts with a conversation with your family, that starts with the way you treat your friends, and that starts with how involved you are with the people you say are most important to you. Ooh, that's good. Oh, and one final thing. If you're using social media as a tool to educate people in your position, be very careful because there is no way that you can properly communicate 
the heart behind the things that you're saying. And I, I, I'm a part of that. I try to be very careful. I know at times, and actually I know what's going to come as a result of what I share. You need to be willing to accept what's going to happen, the repercussions. Um, some people are going to agree with you. Others are not. But I know one thing. There has never been a tweet or a single post on Facebook or Instagram or whatever right. that's ever changed anybody's deepest positions of politics, religion, and otherwise. So just at least consider that and be considerate of other people. Right. I think that's really good. Curiosity to learn always. There you go. With that, holy smokes. I think that's episode 102. Uh, 101. Episode 101, actually. We just did 100. That was fun. That was crazy. That was crazier than this, even though these topics were way crazier. Uh, episode 101 uh, and 102, actually. It's going to be both. So I actually, that was a Freudian, a correct Freudian slip. Uh, so it'll be broken into two parts. This is part two. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, any feedback that you have at all. If you hated something I said, reach out to me. If, if you feel that the desire to continue our relationship. If you agree with something I said, uh, share that. If you have other kind of feedback, I know that there is a million underlying uh, thoughts, opinions, facts, feedback that can go into every single one of these things. Clearly, there's no way to cover all of this stuff in two hours. Um, but let's just continue to have conversations and let's care for one another. That's most important of all. Thank you for listening to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and share it with others. To connect with Ryan and learn more, visit ryanjamesmiller.com.